0: You're listening to Vince Tracy and Neil Coburn. It's Europe Calling. What's in the news this week, especially from the UK and from Spain? Europe Calling. So, a very good day to everybody. Welcome to our podcast for today, the 4th of April uh, 2023. And it is a gorgeous day today. Lots of sunshine and a nice definition on the mountain. Travelling just about 40 minutes uh, due west and I should catch up with Neil. Neil, a very good day to you. What's your weather like down there?
1: Morning, Vince. Oh, afternoon, Vince, yep lovely absolutely gorgeous this morning i went walking it was nice and sunny and just a a little tiny breeze you know nothing not a cold breeze just beautiful and it's still like that now at the moment lovely
0: yeah okay well i've been busy up till now so uh, when we finish this time to go out and have a look around so um let's see what we start with today here we go Okay, our first story today, we're looking at fly tipping. (laughs) Okay, so we're on to a Welsh mountain beauty spot and a serial fly tipper. And this particular person caught on camera dumping the remains of a cannabis factory. Uh, 38-year-old, so we should know better. Stephen Bouchard uh, from Pontypreet in Wales. And I love Wales, so obviously, um, you know, you you pick these things for something that obviously um, creates a thought in your mind. It's a licensed... Waste Carrier, so the guy has got a license for carrying waste. However, he goes along and illegally dumps around 200 black bags of rubbish at three countryside sites. It turns out that much of the waste was part of an old cannabis factory, and this included plants, fertiliser, soil, venting pipes and heat lamps. He was caught uh, via a hidden CCTV camera installed specifically to target fly-tipping in beauty spot areas of Rhonda Sinan. Uh, uh, this is somewhere in Wales anyway, South Wales. He was prosecuted after a joint investigation between the local council and South Wales police who found more drug waste when officers seized his van. He was handed a four-month suspended sentence at Merthyr Titfil and and uh, ordered to pay more than £2,000 in fines and costs. So I'll go to one of the comments and then we'll see what we think about this one. Somebody in Glasgow and said, sick of this, going out for a nice countryside drive now is ruined with big piles of crap everywhere. It's now even worse here as the council has now implemented an appointment system. So you have to call up to arrange your appointment to dump your stuff. Too many can't be bothered and are just dumping anywhere. Right. Um, so, what's your position on dumping uh, rubbish? I
1: hate it. I hate fly tippers. Yeah. You, you, you know, I go over mountains sometimes and this, that, and the other. And you, you come to the bottom, you know, where the chain fence is, and about 10, 15, 20 yards inside, there's a the right load of rubbish all or just blighting it all, you know. It, I mean, I'd have to find him five but he's got a license, so he can just check it to tip. He doesn't have to say that it were his, you know, these, these black bags, the remains. Yeah. I've got a license, so you just put it in whatever what, whatever cubicle there is that you, you go in and, and dump it out. You know, you should be doing about five grams or something like that. You make me laugh. For sake of a couple of quid, or phone up the man with a van who's got a license, you know. Uh, you know, people that go dumping going, you know, uh, nice country lanes and this, that and the other, you know, it's just appalling.
0: Well, you, you know yourself, we get very high winds in this part of Spain. So every now and again, uh, you might get a bit of rubbish and you look around, you think it looks really, really lo- looks horrible. Um, but I mean, this is it's more than that. I mean, what's wrong with the guy? He's making his money. He's got his business and he makes his money by carton away rubbish so uh for the sake of maybe cutting corners again uh he sticks these big black bags everywhere and uh probably thought he was going to get away with it i would imagine
1: yeah well i'm glad he didn't yeah i mean our bins are emptied every night you know here yeah so there's no need for any any you know fly tipping or anything and if the bin's full, I mean, it should have to be a lot of rubbish, innit? It's never, I it was hardly ever full, of, you know, on our street. And uh, they come down in the morning. You get you go check a, a you know, you bin bag out and put it in, and it, there's nothing in there and all. It's it's lovely. And then you'll get somebody that doesn't drop some litter about hundred yard away, you know, throw it over a fence. Slightly, you know, slightly. What's
0: in the mind? You think that just walk hundred yard?
1: You lazy tool. Yeah. and Put it in.
0: Yeah. Slightly related to this is the um, the way we've got all these different ways now that they um, sort out the rubbish. So, you know, you've got to go blue for, um, I think it's paper and then yellow for plastic or whatever it is, you know. Um, yeah. And basically... Um, you know, I, I I used to go along and I, I would, well, I still do. I mean, I, you know, sort out and do follow the rules just for the sake of, you know, what it's like. If somebody spots you, um, they're going to tell somebody, uh, or at least, you know, so the, the easiest thing is don't don't mess about. But the reason why I mention this is um, after doing all this separating and everything, I followed the bin lorry one night just to see what really goes on, and they stick everything goes everything in the same in, place. In, yeah
1: in one place <laughs> yeah you've got paper paper plastic metal wood and bits and bats and, 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 and general and they come along and, and they, they, they don't they do it bins like they used to you know do they? They, they clamp them up they carry them over the top they press a button it drops it all in Hell, it's the same wagon and then they check it tick, tick. and, and, and they, all the stuff is there well i remember in uk when when i went back to see my mother and uh, my mum said, listen, I look in the backyard. And there are about five different ones, a blue one, a brown one, a yellow one, a black one. I said, how do they expect you, at 87, to chug these on a cobbled back, you know, on a, on a proper backing, a cobbled backing, yeah. round to the front of the house? It's like, hang on a minute, the bin was bigger than my mum. She's only about five <laughs> foot two. Right. And she's, at 87, got to tug it all the way around. I, I went to see councillor. Anyway, so you know he said, you know, just put them on corner, <laughs> a corner thing, and leave them there. When when they come back, yeah, I said, hang on, I live in Spain. I can't keep coming <laughs> flying over to Spain just to move my mum's bins. You should have something for pensioners that age. You know? Oh, do me a favour. Well, oh, listen then, as you say, they all go in the same bag. They want to fetch them destructors back. Remember them? You empty yeah, yeah. your rubbish there, and anything that could be burnt got burnt.
0: Lovely. Okay. All right, Neil, here's the next one.
1: Right.
0: Okay, so uh, we're talking about um, one of these characters that comes on the TV. Uh, For me, clueless, uh, absolutely talentless. RuPaul, a drag queen. Anyway, Build a Burr Workshop. They've got a new drag queen bear, and uh, this has divided customers who claim the store is grooming children. It's a glamorous bear, comes with a curly blonde wig, gold sequin dress and gold pumps and includes the RuPaul Drag Race logo on the bear's paw. Cool, blimey. Um, start your engines RuPaul Burr is ready to sachet into your collection this is the items description on the Bur Cave website now this is 18 plus the 18 plus section so the kid and everybody that, you know, it's only for 18 plus um, and that kids would never go to the other pages of the website. Anyway, the stuffed animal um, immediately caused outrage online, with many calling out the business for selling the bear amid growing... Controversy regarding drag performances and children around the U.S. uh, and I've seen it in the U.K. as well. Remember, there's absolutely no agenda to groom your kids. Don't be ridiculous. On an unrelated note, at bear is selling a drag queen stuffed bear for children. This is a conservative Matt Walsh. don't, don't know why they mention him because I don't know the name, but it's probably one of the local MPs. Anyway, um, comment comes in from the United States. And I worked for Builder Bear for eight years. It's a shame to see how they've gone from a kid's store, the excuse that it's behind uh, a 18 plus wall is bull, because as part of your uniform, you must wear a bear in a backpack. That bear can be any animal from in-store or online. So it's very likely that an employee can buy this bear and take it to work and wear it just ab- absolutely disturbing. Let kids be kids. OK, so the first question I must ask, are you a fan of RuPaul?
1: No. <laughs> okay. I'm not a fan of transvestites. Coming on, flaunting about on television or whatever... If that RuPaul comes on mine, i turn over it. I'd sooner watch Tepilogue than watch him. <laughs> it's, it's all about outrageous, raving queens doing, you know, a, absolute no talent about anything, only putting makeup on and a frock and a, and a wig. No, it's uh, not my idea. And selling teddy bears to 18 plus, uh, do me a favour, will you? Teddy bears are for kids, for babies. <laughs> you know, they, we all had them. You know, if you're a lad, you got a blue
0: one. If you're a girl, yeah, you got a pink one. Lovely, no matter. Yeah, fantastic. Um, I know. When I first um, got to Benidorm, you know, um, doing my rock and roll act, and I'd go to uh, get myself changed. And uh, I remember the very first time I did one particular place, and uh, there were the place was full of drag queens. And the minute I went out to start my act, you you know, the microphones were about half the volume of that that they'd just been using. And so, you know, I stopped the act and I said, "Can you get the microphones to go back to where they were, please, for me? And um, anyway, halfway through my act, this drag queen that was on before me crept out. And um, when I'd finished and gone back to get changed... All me normal gear was covered in makeup, you know, sort of. Yeah. So they, these are the sort of people that you're up against. And um, I don't fi- really, I don't find any talent at all in the drag queens. I mean, I never really even particularly like people like Daniel LaRue. It's just something that just doesn't appeal to me um but, but i mean i suppose there must be in fact no i'll I tell a lie actually there was one diner rod who was here who I, I used to get on well with quite uh, quite a good comedian you know but um he was a strange one because he had a deep voice and um he just liked dressing up um so i suppose cross dresser i suppose is the is the expression that i should use um you know yeah. just but but he was he was also a football referee um, there must be a yeah. link in what? there somewhere he he was funny, he was funny, and he didn't look anything like a pretty woman,
1: did no, he? Said he did not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So when he came on, you knew this is going to be a comedy show. Some of these drag acts walk on and they get a microphone, and then they start miming. Yeah. So you know they just all mime, and uh, there's a club now in uh, in, in Banadom, and it's just strictly for drag acts. Now a lot of women. Like to go and see the, the drag acts to to look at the makeup and the dresses and this that, that that's fine. If you if you're a comedian drag act, yes, I'll listen. If you're going to tell proper jokes, <laughs> you know. But to come on, all flaunching about, right, men dressed as women, and then start miming songs, it's like hang on a minute, what's all this about? <laughs> um, but I must say, I, I had it, when when we were the road with Dustin, Dustin J, yeah. Yeah, but- I, We went and had a weekend at Danny LaRue's, whoa, I tell you what, he did look like a woman, that, that's the, you know, that was the difference, he did look like a woman, he was probably one of the first drag acts, you know, in the UK, but uh, some of these, uh, they have lipstick near enough under the nose, coming right down from the lips, and this, that, and the other, you know, but at least he did look like a woman, and he weren't bad, you know, his act weren't bad, and yeah. he, he sang his own songs, you know, so...
0: Yeah. I suppose but the me on drag
1: Dragax No, I'm not having them.
0: No, no, no. The i I think the uh, the clue is normally in the, um, the the Adam's apple, isn't it? You know, you. you well, that,
1: and, and size of shovels. Yes, and, and size, size twelve feet <laughs> stiletto wheels. Okay, that, that you, here's, yeah. the,
0: here's the next one. <laughs> Has been disconnected. It's uh, increasingly difficult to get older stuff, which is totally not what we always have to talk about. So uh, this one I thought was a bit different. David Fairchild. Now, this is a guy and he spent the last five years going over wiesenham parish council so don't worry about the name it just happens to be a particular parish council's annual financial return so he you know he's really into making sure that all the money's being spent in the right way his combative style led to him being banned from council meetings Uh, this was over in norfolk and saw all six sitting councillors plus the clerk quit the previous year, citing health reasons. Now, locals dubbed him the Wiesenham Whinger after his forensic investigations saw £15,000 worth of local taxpayers' money being spent on audits. But his officious attitude was effectively backed after the latest audit covering the 2021-22 financial year and saw the vast majority of his complaints upheld. They included invoices for new fencing being addressed to an individual councillor instead of the council, decisions being made by round-robin emails rather than in public meetings, and uh, claims for grass-cutting and mileage being made without supporting documentation. The former practice and finance manager for two GP surgeries in Norwich, has also complained about the use of funds paid each year by the developer of a solar farm, the spiralling cost of a sports pavilion, a £150 bill in a four-month period for printer ink, and the failure to claim back from the taxman all recoverable costs in relation to £75 worth of mugs bought for use on council meetings. Much to his target's uh, dismay, he also voiced his concerns through his own community newsletter, Parish Notes, which was sent to every household. And in 2020, the council declared him a vexatious customer and uh, banned him from meetings as well as refusing to reply to any correspondence. Okay, Um, you you do meet people like this who love doing figures and checking things, don't you?
1: Oh, yeah, I am. You want them there. Because it will soon sort all them brown envelope people, you know, one man having his fencing done and one having his grass cut. Hang on a minute. Yeah. Hang on. You're supposed to be looking after us, not we keep paying everything out to you and then giving you extras as well. No. They're all the same. They're all, you know, they've got the snouts in the trough. They make me laugh. Councillors are there to make sure... That your area and everything, you know, around in the village or wherever, is, all the money is spent properly. And the people like him, they should be giving him a gold medal <laughs> for, yeah. for, for sorting them out, all these that are fiddling.
0: No, I, I agree with you. I think I think the problem is, um, you know, so many people do like to get onto little officious positions. And, um, you know, they've got their own agendas. And I was remembering that um, many years ago, we were looking at figures for the numbers and types of people who do this type of job. And it's... Um, often people who are for example farmers lots of farmers on the local council so they can then sort of keep their own rules and you know if they don't want anybody near their land they can manufacture the way to do it you know i suppose it's a bit exactly. like yeah. a bit exactly. like the vicar of Dibley, really isn't it yeah
1: yeah but as i say you know without these people these these councillors will never get voted off because it's, all, it's like a secret society. And uh, they'll never get voted off because they all keep getting all the backhanders and they're all voting for the same thing all the time. And people like him, as I said, they should be given a gold medal and then see how much goes into the pot where the, the kid is uh, football ground, might need some money spending on it. They're say, No, oh, but Charlie's farm down road, he needs a new five-bar gate. And you know what I mean? So we'll take it off the kid's thing and put it on his gate. You know? Yeah, Stuff like that. It's
0: annoying. It's annoying. Absolutely right. Okay, let's go to the next one then. So, here we go. Okay, a bit of a sad one, this one. It's a young British lady and um, she's gone off to Turkey and um, she was doing one of these gastric band surgeries. Um, Apparently, this poor lady, she's 28 year old, um, tragically died at the weekend during the weight loss procedure, which involves placing a band around the stomach to decrease food consumption. She's understood to have travelled to the Middle Eastern country, that's Turkey that we were talking about, to undergo the surgery. It's unclear at which medical facility she received the operation or what complications led to her death. Um, Obviously, those people that uh, knew her are, are all devastated by her death. Uh, obviously, you know, all the emotion and the nice tributes come out. Uh, but really, the, the sad thing is that that a lady feels she has to go and do that. I mean, you'd want to know what was behind it. Was she being pressurised by other people, wouldn't you, really?
1: Well, I mean, it, <laughs> these people go and have their teeth done over there. You know, have, have them all, you know, these uh, pure white things. They come out looking like sugar you know, and then you've got, and the reason they go there is because it's so cheap, but has anybody thought of, just hang on a minute, look, in, look and see if they're qualified, you know what I mean, you can go Turkey, oh yeah, yeah, he's got all these letters behind his names, yeah, you know what I mean, but is it the same letters that you, you have to have in the UK to do this gastric band or teeth or air transplants and, and God knows what, you know, is it the same, is it at the same level? You know, because yeah. to me, I don't think it is. I wouldn't go to Turkey for anything like that if I
0: needed it. Well, it's, I mean, it's one one of the countries that you don't immediately, it doesn't spring to mind as being one of the elite countries for um, for doing medical things. It just seems to be about being cheap and uh, nothing else, doesn't it, really?
1: Exactly, yeah. It, it, you, you know, we'll take we'll fetch you over and it, it only costs a couple of hundred pounds for you for where you're going to be staying, but it costs about six thousand pounds for have this gastric band and this that and the other. And uh, but where's your qualifications? Shows you know shows your qualifications and then go on British Medical uh, site and see if they're the same as what what they're allowed to do in the UK. You
0: know. don't you feel that? Um some really some of the papers should be taking a little bit of responsibility for these things because um you know although they don't write and say you've got to go and do this so many times the paper is just about piffle really it's about rubbish and making women uh, in particular i think men as well probably but women more so feel that they've got to go and do certain things to keep up with uh, all the beauty that uh, we see uh, which is in the papers prob- probably already airbrushed uh, anyway isn't it yeah it's you
1: know you, you, they even have uh adverts on telly you, you know come to turkey it's uh, you know, it's beautiful places, probably for going on holiday. I've been a couple of times myself, uh, donkeys years ago. But now it's only getting known for going, and having your teeth that look like horses teeth when you come out, and and having gastric bands and air transplants and stuff like that. You know. But as I say, if they are not qualified, these you won't you won't dream about going into a, a, a sleazy shop in the UK. And say, "Oh, can you do me a gastric band? Would you?"
0: Well, I so w- unless you,
1: uh, unless they've got the qualifications that are equal to what they are in UK, then you stay well away from it.
0: Yeah, uh, um, actually, it's not a bad idea to just have a look at some of the uh, headlines in the paper anyway, and just uh, have a look round today's paper and see what we think without even reading too deeply. What we would whether we'd want to read more. Let me just quickly—I'll uh, get the pages up. And we'll have a look. Okay, so defecting Putin protection officer reveals how paranoid Russian leader stays in his bunker to avoid assassination attempts, never uses a mobile phone or the Internet and is mortally afraid of Covid. Um, I look at that and I'm just thinking to myself, I don't know whether I believe that, because quite honestly, he seems to be um, strutting around and uh, visiting other leaders more, more than sort of hanging around his own bunker, isn't he?
1: I think I think he's definitely. I mean, he, he said, "Oh, we'll have it, we'll have this war won in in you know twelve months or whatever." And and they put all the lies out about you know, oh, they took over this, and then you, you get the BBC news reporting in their front line, and they're nowhere near where, where Putin's coming. It's just feeding them lies because all all these Russian, you know, these young Russian soldiers that are being killed, he he's, he's right in line for being for being popped off. You know, yeah, by his own, because all of a sudden what they have they, trained all the they've got these new tanks now have not they? they've all been trained up, and this that and the other, yeah. Let's see how we get on with that, you know, and then see what happens in the next couple of weeks or couple of months or something. I hope they, they just shove them all the way back to Russia, and he, he gets popped off.
0: You know. oh, okay, I'm just only really looking at the headlines. Not going to go too deeply. The young woman who claims she may be Madeleine McCann apparently is not uh, Madeleine McCann. So that's the DNA test has come back on that one. Um, I I, I don't I don't think many people thought she would be, did they really? Yeah,
1: they will No, I mean this has gone on for for years and years and years. I mean the money that, the money that's been spent because they were two doctors is absolutely ridiculous, you know. Mm. And we backed it up and backed it up and backed it up all the way around. If there's something else at the back that up. no, mm. it, it, you've got to put it to bed and, and, and try and find out, you know, the, the truth about all that. Yeah. You know, it's just gone on way, way too far. Yeah, If it's not. It wouldn't have been a kid from your, your, your council estate in Salford, or or in Liverpool. He wouldn't have got. He wouldn't even have got a, a lining paper. It's
0: we were all all paper for donkey's years. Yeah. OK, um, I'm looking at a headline which is talking about uh, Amir Khan, the boxer, and uh, I'm no cheat, he says, uh, claims his failed drugs test could be down to shaking people's hands as he's been banned from all sport for two years. Uh, I didn't see that one coming. It's just something I've just spotted in the paper. Did you know anything about that? No, not,
1: but... I didn't know shaking hands were uh, giving you a bit of cocaine or a bit of, you know, banned drugs or, uh, you know, these that the pump you up, you know, them steroids. So if somebody took a steroid and you, your you are sweating and you shake hands with him, that means he could he could take the steroid off you. Hello. Do me a favour, will you?
0: Yeah. Uh, not so much what's happening in the uh, the papers today, but... Um, the guy that went to our school, um, I'm thinking of Paul O'Grady, uh, you know, p- previously known as Lily Savage. I mean, you'd think really um, the way the papers are treating his death, you'd think we were talking about Mother Teresa. Uh, I re- really find that this has got to be just another um, way that the papers are trying to keep us all busy at the moment. Um, your thoughts on that comment?
1: Well, you see, he, he was a drag act, yeah. But he was that's the thing about that. This is what I'm saying. I don't mind a man dressing up as a woman uh, and coming on as a comic. As a comic, he made us laugh, and then he, he got further along. Did surprise, surprise, when Stella Black died, and and, and then he, he calmed his life down and and, and went normal. And then that looked look for dogs. I thought you were great. Yeah, I thought you were fantastic. But he were a bad lad in early days. Yes. You know. Well, but do not put that in because he's died. He, you know, it, it might come out a bit later, but I thought he, he, from Lily Savage to where he got to, were fantastic. And uh, and he were funny when he were a drag act and he, he did everything for them dogs at Manchester dogs Dogs. Yeah, he said he did. Every credit to him.
0: Yeah, Um, Philip Philip Schofield set to return to this morning in two weeks after his brother was convicted of sexually abusing a teenage boy I I mean I really don't know why we needed to know that it was a a, a relative of his anyway I mean you know this is the way I look at the papers and I'm thinking well what are you really trying to use that for because really it's nothing to do with Philip Schofield so why are you putting it in? Exactly I've disowned my brother. I mean, how many families
1: can say that? Millions. But, oh, because it's Philip Schofield on Good Morning. And don't forget, he got caught out when he said, you know, he'd he come out and said he was gay and this, that and the other. And, you know, guy, he's got out to no do us. I don't care what you do in your private life. It's what you do on television. But then don't start spreading everything all, all over papers and say, I've, I've uh, disowned my brother uh, because of his... Uh, abusing a, a, another boy you yeah. know it's like philip do us all a favor get off good morning get on with your life go and live your life with a boyfriend if you want to live your life with your boyfriend and just get on with it
0: stop minding us all about it okay another one which i'm sure i can almost think about what your comment will be F- fury as a man at age 21 who raped a 13 year old in park, walks free as he is deemed too young to be sent to prison and is only made to carry out 270 hours of unpaid work in insult to his victim. I really can't... He's a 21-year-old and they're saying he's too young to send to prison. This is up in Scotland, apparently.
1: How how ridiculous can you get? You know, some of these judges, they just want... Just cut them off. No, we don't need all you well, judges anymore. We want proper punishment for the crime. Right? Raping a thirteen-year-old, a twenty-one-year-old. Hang on a minute. Where's that coming from? Oh, he can do two hundred hours community service. Hey, but well, why don't you put him in a girls' school for doing two hundred hours and see what
0: happens there as well? Yeah.
1: Uh, he... oh, do us a favor.
0: Okay, get. I'll get back to one that uh, I put to one side, so we'll go to uh, this one. Here we go. Okay, this is one we can have a bit of fun with, I think. Uh, This is Huddersfield, and it's in the town centre. There's a cafe there. And they are now describing the ploughman's lunch as a plough person's lunch. And this, of course, is causing some consternation to the customers. Espresso Corner in Kirkgate... Uh, describing itself as a cosy little independent coffee shop and offers an appetising range of dishes listed in Yorkshire's 2023 Cyclist Coffee Guide vegetarian friendly cafe and a uh, rating of 4.5 out of 5 on TripAdvisor so that sounds quite nice actually nice little uh, loyal following since opening several months ago and it seems that some of the customers are not impressed with their menu, especially in regard to their plough person's lunch, featuring bread, cheese, fresh or pickled onions, and their slight twist with smoked cheddar and pear chutney. That sounds nice.
1: Ooh, lovely. It does sound lovely. nice.
0: But one of them, no. <laughs> melvin stancliffe 57 said after entering the cafe for a coffee i noticed the menu and had a look at it and couldn't believe my eyes when i saw a sandwich called plough persons i queried it with the waitress um are these things important and if so uh, tell me why you think that way um or really could they be called anything i mean you go most places and you say a ploughman's lunch, you'd never get a. Nobody'd come up with a change, would they? It, it
1: was it, it called a ploughman's lunch because uh, farmers used to. That's what they used to take with them, during the when they were doing fields. But is there all no women farmers anymore? Because you've got woman, you know, and ploughman, you know. I suppose. So, so why have a person? It's a ploughman's lunch, for God's sake, a bit of cheese, a bit of crusty bread. A bit of chutney and all that on it Just get on with it for God's sake So I bet the women that are out there ploughing And they've got the ploughman's lunch with them You know, it, the man's bit at the end It could class it as a woman's one as well, couldn't it? Well, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't
0: imagine any girl that's out there on a tractor Or, you know, from, from the ones I work with at the college I don't think all this sort of change into a plough person I don't think they would want that, you know Exactly. <laughs> oh,
1: the world's going mad, man. You know, get me back into 50s, 60s, 70s, for God's sake. All right, clothes were a bit, uh, bit sparkly and stuff like that, but bring it on. <laughs> That's what it's about, having I... a good time. But minding about a, a, oh, a plough person's lunch. No. What does it contain of? Well, it's a ploughman's lunch, but with a different name. I've just shocked it up as a person rather than a blown man. Well,
0: do me a favour. I mean, really, who's to blame? Is it the woke lot or is it the bloody papers? Because they seem to uh, take a delight in... Put in tripe in the papers, so somebody—it's uh, got to go through a sub editor and an editor. So I—I I know that the editors probably don't read the page from cover to cover, but the sub editors—they would have picked that up. You know, I mean, so somebody's decided it's important. Some
1: woke has got hold of a local paper, probably Huddersfield Gazette or something like that, and said, "Oh, hey, we—we need this playman's lunch to be a plow person lunch." And then he, he puts it in their gazette and then that gets passed on to the, to the bigger papers. You know, it, it, honestly, it, it beggars belief half the time.
0: <laughs> I think you're right. we better move on. Here we go. OK, graphic photographs of piles of litter blocked, filthy toilets, rodents and leaky appliances. So, you know, you're looking at somewhere which looks pretty grotty. Uh, But these photographs were taken inside the iconic Wellington Barracks, which is 300 yards from Buckingham Palace, And it's home to five of the army's most high-profile regiments. So, you know, when we see these guys who do a great job, um, you know, especially when you've got these state parades and everything, the Coldstream Guards, the Grenadier Guards, the Irish Guards, the Scots Guards, the Welsh Guards. So uh, they've got the duty of protecting the sovereign and the royal palaces. And that's been their job since 1660 to the present day. So um, the soldiers, of course, photographed by millions of tourists from around the world as they stand on guard outside Buckingham Palace and St. James's Palace, dressed in full military regalia. So um, eight of these, by the way, were hailed as heroes for their role in carrying the Queen's coffin. I remember seeing this during her funeral. And um, it's a a world away from their daily living conditions, which some soldiers have described as vile and worse than a prison. Um, So one former Coldstream guard, who didn't want to be named, has told the paper, it's a disgusting way to treat soldiers who are doing a very important job. Prisoners in Britain have better living conditions than we do. And I think um, there's... Enough evidence from what we see in the picture that, um, yeah, I think they, they they could be made to um, improve their living conditions a bit. So, what are your thoughts on that one? When
1: they when they go out on duty, they're immaculate. You can see your face in the boots, and the and the buttons are all polished, and this, that, and the other. Just Buckingham Palace and St James's Palace and all these other places. They're not maintenance men. I mean, come on, we are put enough into it for somebody to go and clean toilets every day. Please. You know, there's no janitors anymore. You know, how can you send people out that, you know, are defending c- queen and country and all this, and live in, uh, and you want to go to the bathroom and it's an absolute squalor? No, that's not right. Get some money spent, get a few janitors around and get them cleaned every day. That'll do you.
0: OK, um, I that was my first thought and then I read a comment and it made me think a little deeper. So this is um, somebody from Eastbourne and they said the headline is ridiculous. Forced to live in squalor. Uh, they choose to let the place become filthy. No one else. They need to get their act together and clean up their own mess. Behaving like 18 year olds off to university. Mummy not there to tidy up after them. Do they change their bedding regularly? Have baths or showers? I dread to think about the state of their underwear. So, uh, another way of looking at it. What do you think? Well, yeah,
1: I, I go along with that. But if it's just like you know, if it's blocked, it, if there's a blockage in a, in a toilet, we all know we have to get a plumber in and, and gets that diner rod out or whatever it is, yeah, and gets it cleared away because it's got to it's got to be building up. You know, and if if the toilet's blocked and you, you're washing your hands and you've got them paper towels and there's no bins or whatever, you know, it, but, yeah, I'm sure that they, well, they should have mentioned it straight away to get somebody in to get it sorted, you know, rather than let it build up and build up and build up and then it looks a right mess. I get that part of it. But if it's just a general blockage somewhere further down the line and it's coming back up to them, you know, you can't blame them for it, you know. But. Yeah. You know, you've got to have somebody that's in charge of maintenance. I'll bet bet Queen's Soil is never never a mess. You know, if if that gets blocked up through a drain about half a mile away, there'll be somebody there within 10 seconds, you know.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Now, I'm just remembering that you and I met in the bar that was being run by, I think he was in the Coldstream Guards. I'm thinking of Nigel. Um,
1: oh yeah yeah Nigel yeah now yeah, the Cumberland bar yeah.
0: yeah uh so we met Nigel as he was older and obviously still proud of the fact that he had been a a, a guardsman and um and wonderful I mean you you could sit and really listen to what he was telling you and then we'd see um the Coldstream guards on the TV and it was lovely to see that um And then I'm thinking also, I remember when I was at the college and we had uh, these 18 year olds who basically have been, um, you know, living away from home and they do let the place become totally um, run down and messy. And you think to yourself, um, yeah, Yeah,
1: because they think it's not their, their job to clean up. Hang on a minute. It's you that's living in it. It's you that's making the mess. I get that. You, well, you get it cleaned up. But uh, as you say, like, oh, Mummy's not here for coming and, and, you know, clean everything up and, and do the taps and all this lot, you know. Ah. But him, yeah, Nigel, even when he finished, you know, he still went back playing for Gulfstream Bands. Yeah. So he, used to, he still played. You know, if, if you have a, a get-together somewhere, they get all the older ones that were in with him and, and they go and perform as well.
0: Yeah. yeah he, he was very good, Nigel. Eh? Yeah, yeah it was, I mean, it was nice that, that he worked with us and uh, came on the radio and we discussed all sorts of things. But then, you know, when we'd finished and we were having a cup of coffee opposite the uh, the radio station, we, we'd yeah. always be talking about all sorts of things, wouldn't we? And he, he was really into his football and all that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, he, he was a referee. Yeah. Yeah. And he threatened to send me off once in Nottingham it were, playing played against Nottingham Forest and he threatened to send me off. <laughs> I mean, it only years after when I saw his photograph behind yeah. that coming out to one of the pitches with Ball, I went, he, sa- he said to me, do I know you? I said, I certainly know you. I said, you were a referee who threatened to send me off. <laughs> he started laughing. And then from then on, we just, and, and me, you and him. We were having coffees and all that lot after the show, yeah. and we just talk about everything in general. Yeah, you know?
0: it's nice. And it's funny we've had two referees today because uh, Dinah Rod, the the drag act or oh, yeah. you know cross dresser yeah. or whatever uh, he, he used to like to be called. Um yeah. I mean, he was a Paul, I think his first name was, and he was a football ref- referee as well. You know, very nice guy right. actually. Yeah, um, but he was a comic drag act a good he wouldn't well, yeah. be running on pitch
1: would in 8 inch stilettos and a, a sequin croc and a lovely fishing wig and lipstick and all that do me a favor. I think the, yeah. tru-
0: the trouble is they're invading our space at the moment that's I think what's getting you know it tends to get up your nose a little bit you don't have a problem with somebody whose job was to be a comedian and maybe a cross dresser or anything like that yeah. um, but you know when you've got all these others who really don't have any talent trying to enter the world of sport or sure. Yeah. of
1: showbiz and all this uh, yeah we've come a long way now have not we from chippendales yeah you we, know we, we, i mean they come on they take the shirts off all women are whoo and all that and down to the down to the knickers and this that and the other with muscles bursting everywhere <laughs> you know that's a show yeah. and it's a woman's show right and now you've got these coming on oh please do me a favor
0: <laughs> okay on we go Okay, we've found a few lighter ones today, and this one's another light one. It's a hairdresser, and he says he was treated like a criminal. He was slapped with an £80 fine when a receipt fell from his pocket. Uh, Stuart Burney, 60-year-old, says he's never had any trouble with the law until he was challenged by two uniformed environmental officers after leaving a newsagents in Camden, North London. These um, informed him that on his way to the shop at 10 o'clock that morning he dropped a receipt from his pocket on the pavement. Uh, This was in the Times, so, you know, it wasn't in uh, just the gutter press. The father of two explained that it related to cold medicine that he'd bought early that morning and apologised for the mishap, but was surprised to find the the police officers, or not actually police, was it, but, you know, the environmental officers, um, dismissed what he had to say and really had an intimidating zero tolerance. Eventually... Mr. Burney asked to speak to a police officer on the phone but was told he'd be arrested if an officer came along. Suddenly I'm in this world of madness. Absolute madness, he says. After a while, Mr. Burney gave his details and accepted the £80 notice in order to get out of the situation. He's now awaiting the result of his appeal against the penalty from March the 21st. Alison Ogden-Newton, Chief Executive of Keep Britain Tidy, said guidelines drawn up by DEFRA, now that's the Department for the Environment, Food and Rural Affairs, she said punitive action in cases of littering must be fair. Um, Accidental littering, something that's fallen from someone's pocket, is specifically referred to as a scenario where a fixed penalty notice should not be issued. The Times reported that among local authorities in England and Wales, Camden was the fourth highest for dishing fixed penalty notices for littering in 2018-19, handing out 5,774 fines. Then the spokesman of the council said, fly-tipping and littering are issues that our residents care deeply about, and we invest £6 million each year to keep our streets clean and vibrant. In this case... A fixed penalty notice has been issued, which has not been paid and has been challenged. This is in the process of awaiting an outcome. Um, Okay, these guys, they often come into um, the papers and they do seem to get a little bit above themselves, don't they?
1: Whoa, give them a uniform, they think they're Adolf Hitler. I mean, how many times have you put your hand in your pocket to get someone out? And you you carry on walking and someone says, yeah, yeah, you've dropped this. So you go back and pick it up. Oh, right. I didn't realise that. No, they will have seen it. Dive on it straight away. You're being fine. You're, you know, all this lot. You know, they're just jobs worse. They're just a waste of time. They think, oh, the more fines we can get, you know, we'll be the best ones. You know, we'll get the gold star at the end of the year and this, that and the other. no. No. If it's a genuine mistake, that's just, he's put his hand in his pocket for something and it's fell out and he picked it up, right, he said, oh, they should have said, well, yeah, hey, you dropped that. Now, if he refuses to pick it up, then yeah, give him a penalty. Yeah. But if, if he comes back to pick it up, and then, oh no, they, they make me laugh, them people.
0: Good point that, I actually, Neil. I mean, you know, really, if they want to really sort the problem out uh, just go and as you say pick it up offer offer it to the guy if he says yeah. you know something uh, which was a bit unsavoury then obviously give him a fixed notice then you've got that up your sleeve haven't you
1: yeah you see I'm a smoker and if I'm having a smoke outside I wouldn't I wouldn't think anything of, of flicking it out into the road or just throwing it on the floor I'd just keep it with me because it's, it's gone out until I find a bin or somewhere that I can just drop it in and they, I mean, when they come in with fly tipping and somebody that's a receipts fell out of the back of the, po- uh, of the pocket, I mean, come on, there's a hell of a difference there. So don't, this, council, this council lot, don't start that caper, you know, that woman's accidentally dropped a piece of paper and that's going to go towards uh, stopping fly tipping. Do me a favour. OK, uh, right,
0: got a couple left. Here's the next one. Okay, does the name Lewis Capaldi mean anything to you?
1: No, I remember Jim Capaldi. He was a singer, wasn't
0: he? Yes, he, he was. Yeah. Love Hurts, I think, was his big Love hit. Love Hurts, yeah. Yeah,
1: he yeah, a good song as
0: well. Yeah. Um, okay, so he, this... Guy is another singer, actually, Louis Cabaldi, uh, might well be related, I don't know, but he's opened up about the impact he has uh, Tourette's, and this has had an impact on his career, revealing how his tics are getting quite bad on stage. He fears he's going to have to pack music in. Um, if he does irreparable damage. Uh, the singer's 26-year-old opened up about his health ahead of the release of his documentary How I'm Feeling Now and admitted making music can make his symptoms worse. Lewis said he was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome in September, adding that he wanted to go public as he didn't want people to think he was taking cocaine. Uh, devastated fans have taken to social media upon hearing the news that his singing career is at risk, with one commenting, <coughs> excuse me, that would be a huge loss, he's such a genuine, down-to-earth, amazing talent. Another wrote, God love him, alongside a crying emoji. So, um, a bit difficult if you don't know the guy, but, must be very difficult for him, if he's a singer with Tourette. Yeah. I mean, if he's, if he's
1: as good as Jim Capaldi, Fantastic. We had remember him, Gareth Gates. Yes. he had the stutter.
0: That's right, he did. Uh,
1: and every time he, he got up to sing, uh, it's it's it must like send a panic button to him, you know. And, and it he was just, 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 just stuttering all the time. And then when he got singing properly, and he had he had singing lessons and lessons how to breathe and this that and the other. Hopefully, so, somebody will come along that can probably help him, you know, with this Tourette's. Yeah, you know, because you, can, you just shout out, don't you? You just get a tick or whatever, it is, and yeah, you are, And you know all that lot. So, yeah, hopefully he can get you know somebody who can either you know do, do him these breathing exercises while he's doing music or whatever, and hopefully you know he, he gets over it because if he's if he's a challenging guy, then he deserves to be shown off, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, well, we can keep with somebody that you will know, Michael Vaughan. Uh, the cricketer yeah. uh, has outlined the damage wrought on him and his family after being cleared of using racist language in the direction of Azim Rafiq and other players of Asian descent. The former England captain had been accused by Rafiq of saying, there's too many of you lot, we need to have a word about that, in reference to Yorkshire County Cricket Club's players of Asian ethnicity when entering the field against Nottinghamshire at Trent Bridge. This was June 2009. He was charged, along with Yorkshire and six other former players, with bringing the game into disrepute. And um, there's a guy called Gary Balance had, had previously accepted wrongdoing and accepted his charge. Now, if he's being cleared, um, you know, y- y- you do wonder what sort of. Uh, when do they leave these guys alone? If he's being cleared, we're going back already to 2009, aren't we? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, you know that, Rafiq? Yeah. He got done for uh, racial comments.
0: And nobody's ever
1: brought that up. Yeah, you right. his paper the other day, and I, I read it, and I thought I was thought I was reading that somebody had uh, uh, racially abused him, but it weren't. Apparently, he uh, racially abused somebody else. You well, know, it's like, I and mean, it's the same thing again. You know, what what somebody says to one person, it's not offensive, and, and yet to another person, it is offensive. Yeah. No. Are we going back to this schoolboy thing? You know, where you, you call each other, hey, specky, poor eyes, and ginger, and you know, and, and all that. lot. you know. Uh, oh, so it's offensive. So we all we all have to be shown up and uh, as though we, we, we're really nasty people. It's it's just an absolute nonsense. But he he never got brought up for that that rapique.
0: Yeah, it was weird that and. um The other thing is I've known quite a few Yorkshire guys who they have got a very, very funny and sharp way of showing humor, which isn't always immediately available um, as humor. You don't see it. And then it's only when you get used to them after a, a certain amount of time in their company, you realize that that's not really as offensive as maybe they've made out anyway.
1: Exactly. It's called having a crack. Yeah. You know, they call, they call me, I call them, they, you call them. Yeah, you know, how many times me, you and Nigel having a coffee? Having, having, you know, having a, a go at each other, you know, but in banter. It's called having a banter and a bit of crack, you know. Yeah. And now, you only have to say anything, and it's offensive. Well, they were offensive for me. You know, you were offensive for him. So, is it offensive for you? Well, you step out of the conversation then if you don't want it. But these walks are really getting on my nerves.
0: Well, and mine. And I, I have to say that I wouldn't really be totally uh, wrong, probably, in thinking it might be, might have been his way of winding up a player to make them want to show him that he was wrong.
1: Exactly. You know, if you're spurring somebody on, you know, sometimes you've got to be direct with it. You know. And you, you, you use all kinds of choice language, football, cricket, you know, all, all the big sports. They're all, all using all kinds of different words. And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, all these after is a payout off the, off the um, I nearly said football uh, thingy, uh, oh, uh, cricket board, ECC. Yeah. That's all he's after, a big payout. And yeah. we know half, half of these that keep coming up in papers. You know, all they're in it for is to try and get a few quid. Yeah.
0: Okay, I've got one more for you then and uh, here it comes. When I see my baby. What do
1: I see? A poetry. A poetry in motion. poetry Oh,
0: Okay, Johnny Tillotson there singing about poetry in motion. Uh, I did a nice podcast with him, nice guy. And uh, basically, the Poetry in Motion is a three-time Olympic gold medal sprinter. You've seen her, Ann Fraser-Price. And uh, she turns up at the parents' day at her school or her son's school sports day. And um, this is the Jamaican 100-meter star. 10.6 10.6 personal best time, making her the third fastest woman at all time, behind Florence Joyner Griffith and Elaine thompson Hera. Left nothing to chance as she stepped up to compete in the race, beating the rest of the pack by nearly 50 meters. <laughs> I mean, look, um, did, did you ever? Did, did you
1: have? All mothers are there. Yeah. You know. And then she comes, like Olympic champion and world champion, and God knows what. Right, ah, who's going to win this? <laughs> oh, me a bit. How funny can you get there? Marvellous.
0: Well, you, did you ever do um, a, a parent's sports day?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. wheelbarrow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, uh, egg and spoon. Well,
0: know, re-
1: My mum used to come to ours, and as it happened, my kids went to the same school as I went to, so I had to go with them. You know, a three-legged race—that was a funny one. Sometimes it took him fifteen minutes to get to fifty yards. You know, cause they keep tripping each other up. Yeah, but it's a fun. Day, it's a fun day out. Well, it's. So you, you think you think that she just held
0: back,
1: wouldn't you? Then, oh you know, no, oh no, being by <laughs> back fifty,
0: sixty yards, like you know. No, because yeah. I, I suppose really the thinking might be, you, you know, if she didn't hold back, uh, if she if she had to hold back. Um, her kid goes to school and then he gets, you know, all sorts of kids having a go at him. Ah, your mum's supposed to be Olympic champion and all this sort of stuff, you know. Yeah, and then the
1: other one's saying, but my mum beat an Olympic champion. How proud of his mum is
0: that, you know? Yeah, well, I know when I went down to the the parents' sports day down in Parenthorth, um, it was when I was at college, actually, doing um, my, my sports-related degree. So, you know, I was reasonably fit. Um, no, for, for my age, I was very fit. And basically, you know, when they called the dads out for a dad's race, there was no way I was going to be holding back. I mean, you know, my, my kids were there. And, um, <laughs> oh,
1: exactly,
0: yeah. Magu- yeah. I'm not an Olympic champion, so maybe, maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe she could have held back a little bit, you know. Exactly. Okay, well, we've Brilliant. got...
1: Just give it a nod online, you know, can't you? You know, women are with it, Georgia, and then
0: just give it a nod online. Yeah. Well, we've got uh, Liverpool-Chelsea tonight. Now, after your team showed us how to play football at the weekend, in the second half, I thought the first half was close. Um, I thought um, tonight Liverpool have got to play a decent game because if they don't, Jürgen can only get away with it so long, I think.
1: I think they've got to play well now till end of the season, otherwise, there'll be a mass clear out of, as, as we are talking before, come on air. Yeah. Uh, you, you've got to have a, a mass clear out of your midfield and, a, and probably a couple of defenders as well, you know.
0: Well, they've got a chance to make a statement uh, tonight and then again at the weekend when Arsenal are in because town.
1: Arsenal, if you beat the two London clubs, that'll give them the confidence again. Yeah. Because you know, when Liverpool play with, with confidence, they're a cracking side. Yeah. You know, they're fast, they're they smooth, they're knocking the ball through. Now, at the moment, they're that busy trying to defend that they can't get hold the, the, of the ball, for, whip, whip it through for Salah or, you know, or that Firmino or whatever he's, You know, no, they seem to be blocking everything up in midfield and, and, and in defence, but hopefully they'll go forward, beat Chelsea, then beat Arsenal, do us a favour. Yeah. And that'll do
0: it. Well, Man City for the title for me, Uh, you know, after what I saw without Haaland. That's where I see uh, you'll win it. So, Neil, uh, we'll know better after the weekend and we can talk about it next week.
1: Okay, Vince, no problem.
0: All the best, Neil. Thank you very much indeed. Bye-bye. See you
1: later, Vince. Enjoy every minute. Thanks, Neil. Bye-bye. Bye.